it's aggravating. I'll give them that. So whether it's a noise emitter that they need to use or maybe some security that people suggested, definitely the people who hang hang out around here don't like it and I don't like being here under it. It's, it's going to make my brain explode at some point, I think. So one of the city councilors said it's basically the equivalent of beating homeless people with sticks. That's Pretty much. I mean, we're, we're at the lowest point in our lives right now and then you're going to do this to us i mean we're just trying to get out of the elements or whatever find a place to stay dry and gotta listen to this incessant noise we've been covering a story about the Sorry, I, I about I the noise pardon me i have nothing to say to rebel news thank you why is that i don't believe in right-wing media thank you don't believe in right-wing media that's interesting he, he ended the call he doesn't believe that's an interesting statement he doesn't believe in right-wing media it doesn't exist olivia I mean, I've never seen a, co a better cold open than that. Hey guys, it's Andrew here. We're here in the city of Oshawa, my hometown, where there's this controversy brewing. There's a bridge with a lot of loitering and drinking that happens underneath it. And the city has erected some sort of noise box that emits a high pitched noise. Maybe you can hear right now. Maybe you're not a dog and you can't, but we're going to go check it out and see how people in the area feel. Is this cruel? Is this not cruel? Is it just and avoiding crimes in the area? Let's check it out. So city councilor of Oshawa, Brian Nicholson actually said that this is akin to beating homeless people with sticks. Now I'm not sure this is actually the nicest thing to do for homeless people, but I think it's a little bit much to uh, equate it to physically beating. Now we're saying that sounds are violence. Maybe it is, Olivia. Maybe I'm wrong. If I wanted to loiter around here, Olivia, I don't think I could. They're really cracking down on this area, but maybe it's good. There's a playground here. I think they're finally starting to get sick of people hang out, hanging out around City Hall, which is in that direction, if you want to take a look. City Hall and the Public Library. I mean, we're about 25 years too late to be concerned about the <laughs> status of downtown Oshawa, but maybe this is the start of something, but also maybe not. We are now traversing <laughs> through the Oshawa Creek to get to this location. This is the adventures of Andrew Says on Rebel News. You can still hear the, the pitch, the tone. And you guys he heard it here first, if producer Olivia drowns in this creek, it was not me. All right, so we've located the noise meter, <laughs> the noise emitter. It's two pulsating sounds and it's pretty irritating. I'm not gonna lie. I don't wanna be under here combined with the echo and the piss smells. It's pretty devastating. I feel like my brain's gonna explode. I can see why people don't like it, even in the surrounding area. If you're walking by, it's pretty loud, but it seems to be specifically targeted in this area. Some of the gentlemen told us that people are planning on destroying it. Maybe they didn't have the right Phillips or, <laughs> or a star bit to get it down, but it's aggravating, I'll give them that. So whether it's a noise emitter that they need to use or maybe some security that people suggested, definitely the people who hang hang out around here don't like it and I don't like being here under it. It's, it's gonna make my brain explode at some point, I think. Uh, well, I spent some time here. I'm sort of on the streets right now, so uh, I think it's annoying as hell. It's, it's I, would, I don't know, torch is kind of a strong word, but I mean, it's, uh, it is, yeah, pretty fucking annoying. <laughs> So one of the city councilors said it's basically the equivalent of beating homeless people with sticks. That's Pretty much. I mean, we're, we're at the lowest point in our lives right now, and, and you're going to do this to us. I mean, we're just trying to get out of the elements or whatever, find a place to stay dry, and got to listen to this incessant noise. It's kind of annoying, right? I don't know. There's better ways of, of dealing with issues and, and something like this. I think. Oh, I'm from Oshawa. I'm not aware that there's any real like actual homeless shelter centers is there is there resources for you guys out oh, here absolutely yeah there's there's quite a few resources here in Oshawa actually we're probably probably better off in Oshawa than some other cities I've, I've been to but uh yeah people still sleep on the streets so I don't know if you noticed when you're passing under the bridge if you could hear the high-pitched noise no I can hear it now because I shut my music off to talk to you <laughs> but I can never hear it how do you feel about that there's a big controversy going around that it's cruel uh the other side of the story that it keeps it safe by ha not having people loiter under there how do you feel about that mm, I'm actually happy with it because I think that it actually is working as you can see there's not a lot of people around that hang around that I've had to report myself to the city a few times about 
a dead body. Uh, okay. Smell of urine. Oh yeah, it's, it's atrocious. So there's two sides to every story. Side is that it's working and I think it's pretty good. Honestly, I find it annoying. Like I get the fact that it deters people from hanging out under there and sleeping under there. But at the same time, there's a park here and there's like, you know, a chessboard there. So if people want to come up yeah. and enjoy this, it kind of conflicts with that, right? What do you think the city should do? Is there enough like resources for people who would be like making, like sleeping under there? Or do you think like they should do more of this stuff, but elsewhere, how do you feel about that? I believe if they put more money into building structures for the homeless, we wouldn't come into issues like this. Um, maybe if they had more, you know, security patrol in the area, it might help mm -hmm. as well. But as for the noise, I believe they threw it out without getting like a, a go ahead from the township or something. So one of the city councilors says it's the equivalent, and this is his words, not mine, to beating homeless people with sticks. Do you agree with that? I concur. Okay. <laughs> so what that woman just told me that she lives nearby and she's had homeless people sleeping in her yard. She even carries around a kit of what I assume is Narcan to sort of reanimate people if they OD. She also says they get robbed under there by other people on the street or their tents get trashed. So she kind of sees where both sides are coming from. But what we're so far understanding is that obviously the people that hang out around here hate it, but the people who live nearby kind of think it's doing some good work. So we're gonna head over to City Hall, see if we can talk to the city councilor, see if we can talk to somebody and give us some answers. Let's go. So Olivia, if you wanna look to your left, we've got Memorial Park here in downtown Oshawa. Now it is tradition in Memorial Park for the homeless, the drug addict, uh, drug addicted, and alcohol addicted to hang out there. I'd imagine that's a suitable alternative to underneath the bridge. Now, I'm no scientician, but, uh, it looks pretty empty right now, so I'm kind of surprised. They're solving one problem, but they're making another problem. And so they're kind of valuing one group over another group. And that's not really fair. They should be considering all sides, right? Obviously one side is less, is deemed less important, but really a human life is a human life, right? So it seems a little unfair. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with this area, but usually there's a lot of homeless people hanging out in this park as well. Right. Are you familiar with anything going on in the area where they're, you know, trying to put a stop to any of it? No, I'm not aware of much happening in this area. Where are you from? I'm from Ajax. Oh, nice. Me too. All right. <laughs> anything else you want to add about this? Um, I'm not really too well versed on it, so I honestly don't feel like I can speak too much to it. But if you're going to solve a problem, solve it fully. Well, how about this? One of the city councillors for Oshawa said that, and this is his quote, it's the equivalent to beating homeless people with sticks. Do you agree with that or do you think that's over the top? I, <laughs> you're putting me on the spot with that. I, it sounds a little extreme, but it does sound unfair. As we can see, producer Olivia, the Oshawa Public Library has taken a very strong stance of pro-trans and not just pro-pride, but also the brown and black pride because we can't leave anyone out from the story. I'm not sure where that comes up in the whole library of things, but uh, if it's mandatory, you know, I say do it. Let's throw up the flag of Ontario, the flag of Quebec, maybe the Black Lives Matter flag, uh, maybe a White Lives Matter flag. Let's just do it all equally. We're going towards the council chamber now. We're going to see if we can find anyone to speak to about the noise emitter or the belly of the beast, Olivia. It's locked. So there's nobody in there, I guess. We're going to keep looking. Hi, is there anyone we can uh, speak to publicly? About? Um, we're doing a story about the uh, the noise emitter down the street there. Are there any council members or public relations people in the office? I think somebody has to come from corporate communications down to speak to you. So what I would do is go down one floor to service Oshawa. Have, they'll contact corporate communications to have somebody come and meet you. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Now, I was wondering, have you guys had people come in and complain about that noise emitter? One way or the other? I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't. No? Yeah. It's a very controversial issue these days in both directions. Part of being a public relations officer is about never being available. I mean, the person's in the office. In fact, they're right there in this office right now. They're probably looking at us to see who it is beyond the Ukraine flag. But part of doing that job is never being available to answer questions. I know I was in that world. so. I guess the term is shit out of luck today. We were looking for Brian Nicholson. I think we're gonna have to give his office a call. As he said, 
It's the equivalent of beating people with sticks, the noise, which of course noise is violence, we all know that. But we're gonna have to find out for ourselves what he actually thinks. So let's go call him. Growing up, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be an Oshawa city councilor who equated noise to graphic violence. Hi, Brian Nicholson. I'm a, a journalist named Andrew Chapitos with Rebel News. We've been covering a story about the Sorry, I, I about the noise. Pardon me? I have nothing to say to Rebel News. Thank you. Why me. is that? I don't believe in right-wing media. Thank you. Don't believe in right-wing media? That's interesting. He, he ended the call. He doesn't believe... That's an interesting statement. He doesn't believe in right-wing media. It doesn't exist, Olivia. I mean... I've never seen a, co a better cold open than that. So we ventured out here to Oshawa, I even wear my custom Sonic Says shirt, and no answers at Oshawa City Hall, no communications people, city council's not here. But what we did learn is from people who are living in the area that they think the noise emitter kind of works. Whether they completely agree with it or not, the few people we spoke to from the area said it has made it safer and easier to walk around, even for the homeless people. Now the homeless people have said, well, there are resources for them, and they do have great teeth, so they must have good resources. That, of course, the noise is piercing, it's annoying, and they're just trying to stay out of the elements. So let us know what you think. Is it the equivalent to beating people with sticks? Is it cruel? Or is it the right thing to do? As we see downtown Oshawa having a little bit less of a homeless and vagrancy problem than it used to. Let us know in the comments, and we'll get you next time. It's big, for Christ's sake, get out of the way. You know, but I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is that I'd like to put those people on a plane to fly them with the Congo. Like the DR Congo, and then they can get off, and like 14 year olds can fire AK 47s at them. Oh! You know, and they can know what it's like to live in your own geotherapy. Matthew Good. Welcome to the internet, my friend. Now, he says he wasn't talking about unvaccinated people. The word doesn't appear in the video. I mean, that's fine. You didn't say those words. We'll give you that for the sake of the argu argument. But who are you talking about, Matthew Good? These people you claim blocked hospital bays? Where did you hear that from? Was it Doug Ford who lied about that? Was it some BC politician who also lied that these weren't nurses? who were fired so that they actually would block. Why would they block the hospital is what I'm trying to say. Did this happen in Canada? You have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. I'm afraid it's very unfortunate, Matthew. Good. If you want to play this game where no one can possibly know what you mean, that's fine, but it's not realistic. But who are the people who you say are thinking they're living under tyranny? Who I, I have no idea who that must be. What would they be protesting about at hospitals? What government action would they be calling tyrannical? Just say what you mean, Matthew Good. I mean, I don't think you even know what tyrannical actually means. Child soldiers are not this obvious product of tyranny in Central Africa. When people mention tyranny, they usually mention, you know, a specific government or a, a party or a tyrannical leader, not intergenerational tribal warfare. If you want to use your platform to spout what you want to believe is some sort of intellectual prowess you have on a stage in front of your audience in a funny hat, You'll have to be held to a higher standard, I'm afraid. Matthew Good, stand by what you said. Welcome back to another special episode of Andrew Says. They're all special, aren't they? New set, new David Menzies. Welcome <laughs> to the studio, David. I think same old David Menzies, unfortunately. Okay. Same young David Menzies. <laughs> um, we're both wearing blue, unfortunately. That was not coordinated. But uh, we did ask him to dress as the guy from Jurassic Park, so we did do that. Uh, let's go ahead and throw up the father from Jurassic Park 1. We'll go ahead and put that on the screen now. We've got producer Efron filling in for producer Lincoln, who is in Argentina. Efron, how are you? Doing good, and thanks for having me on. Appreciate you. We're going to get to some breaking news that David Menzies is champing at the bit to sure. get to. Um, 
But before we do that, David Menzies, going viral with the Kayla Lemieux stuff, synthetic breasts and all of it, tell us how that happened. Now, we've heard your theories on it. I don't want to hear the theories again. Sure. <laughs> but tell us how you got to this point, uh, everything you know about this ju thus far, just the facts for people, because there's so many rumors swirling about it all the time. Yes. No, um, Andrew, w it goes back to uh, two meetings ago at the Halton District School Board where I appeared wearing my business suit as a reporter to ask questions. And evidently to ask questions about a story, especially in that timeline, that was going viral around the world from India and Pakistan to the UK and Australia, even to ask questions about transgenderism and whether or not this might be a prank, whether or not this might be someone suffering from a sexual perversion, in which case he needs psychiatric help, um, the board just buries its head, much like most of the mainstream media, and hopes it goes away. Mm -hmm. But it's not going away. So when I asked the question, they ran like ferrets um, out of the um, <laughs> headquarters. And the following week, I went back because I didn't know if I was going to be banned, you know, from entering the building. So I decided to fight fire with fire, Andrew, which is to say um, I got myself a uh, matching set of Zed Cup breasts. Mm -hmm, as you will. And the same white top and the same black biker shorts and the same <laughs> blonde win wig. And I went there as my alter ego, Memory Menzoid, uh, to contrast uh, Busty Lemieux. And again, they fled the building and this time even called the Halt Halton District Police Force, which is kind of funny. I, I, I thought there might be real crime happening in Halton, you know, car theft, uh, assaults, murder, so on. But three cruisers showed up. To do what? Well, the cops didn't even say anything. They just stood there. The security stood there. And finally, a board employee said, you got to leave now. And I left. So um, what is really surprising is on Wednesday evening, we went for a three-peat. And I <laughs> went with um, uh, super producer Efren <coughs> to the uh, Halton District School Board because they meet on the first and third Wednesday of every month. And Wednesday the 19th. They've got the it tough. They've got a tough schedule. Oh, boy, <laughs> do the effort. But get a load of this. Apparently at the last minute, Andrew, they switched the meeting from being live and in person at their headquarters to going virtual online. Think of the disrespect there. They didn't want to face media scrutiny. They didn't want to face uh, the questions of parents who, by the way, are taxpayers which means those are the people paying their salaries. So these entitled educrats simply <laughs> said, we are not going to face any scrutiny. We are not going to speak to our constituents. We're going to stay nice and cozy in the comfort and safety of our own home. And you know, Andrew, it's kind of funny, isn't it? The Halton District School Board, um, when it comes to Busty Lemieux, this is an example of diversity and inclusion, and it should be celebrated. Even though this over-sexualized person in his uh, getup, his costume, is teaching minors. But when I go there wearing the same haberdashery, <laughs> displaying the same prosthetic fake breasts, they find that offensive. And these are adults. It is astonishing. One last point. <clears throat> Another reason for me going there, in addition to try again to deliver my petition, which they would not accept last week, was to question them about the new dress code uh, mm -hmm. policy. Yes, finally, a dress code. Oh, I'm sorry, Andrew, I misspoke. Not for members of the faculty who are still exempt, including Busty Lemieux, but for Halloween. And <laughs> if you read the guidelines for their Halloween costumes, um, basically... They're taking the fun out of everything. You, 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 they don't want you to wear scary costumes because somebody might get triggered. And, uh, of course, cultural appropriation. If you're going to wear a Mexican uh, sombrero, forget it. You're going to be suspended. But the most amazing thing of all I found, Andrew, is you could not appropriate the clothing of the opposite gender. <laughs> so a boy at a Halton District school or a girl – 
dressing up as a girl or a boy or vice versa. That is verboten. You'll be suspended. You'll be written up. But a shop teacher can do that 24-7, 365 days a year, and that's diversity is our strength. Can you make sense out of this for me? Um, these kids are just going to have to say that they're doing it, you know, legitimately and sincerely <laughs> when they cross dress for Halloween, if they want to do that. Um, you know what? You're brilliant. And it just you. so um, happens to be a coincidence that it occurred on Halloween. And when they go back to the regular clothes on November 1st, I'm gender fluid. <laughs> now, I'm told that uh, there is some unearthed uh, footage of you, much like Sasquatch. Um, oh producer God. Efron, you said you were in this video. I don't think we have it, but <laughs> I liken it to the description I heard. The famous Patterson footage is the footage of the guy in the Sasquatch outfit. <laughs> yeah. He walks a lot like John Taffer now that I mentioned. John Taffer's all wrists and bar rescue. No, you're quite right. Um, on the Rebel Tips line this morning, um, a lady reached out to us and she said, my house uh, backs onto the Halton District School Board property. And I'm paraphrasing, but she said, uh, it looks like uh, Lemieux showed up uh, to complain or something, uh, and he was locked out. Um, <laughs> but I took some video footage, and you're right. It's like um, the Sasquatch film from the 70s, and I'm watching the footage, and it's, oh, my goodness, it's me and super producer Efron, and uh, I'm walking along with those enormous silicone breasts bouncing up and down. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I got a good laugh out of it. I, I guess now I imagine Lemieux must be on the defense of, <laughs> he must be going out to social media going, no, no, that wasn't me. That was someone, some other freak with enormous breasts and <laughs> some other very attractive gentleman. This is what he would have to say. Some other completely normal and attractive individual. <laughs> there was a lot of comments on social media. Instagram were the ones I told you about where people legitimately just thought it was him. <laughs> Yes. He, her, they just going to the, um, the school board meeting, but it was not, it was David Menzies. Yes. I'd wager tens of millions of views on this video. So great job. Wow. Well, thank um, you. Most people did. And if they didn't think it was Lemieux, they got that it was immediately. And I saw people coming to the, the defense of you in comments saying, this is obviously to showcase how hypocritical the school board is. You are happy to have a person sit in front of your kids and teach them. Uh, albeit probably poorly the way he has to operate the machinery like this, I guess. But um, a man dressed the same way is not acceptable in your meeting to talk because they're going to be the arbiters of truth. They're going to be the ones who determine exactly. who is doing it uh, wholeheartedly and who is doing it for a point. They get to decide, and, not you know the person even. And Andrew, you've touched upon a very important point here. Forget about the Ministry of Education wing, and, and I understand the ball is in play in terms of coming up with a dress code for teachers in Ontario, because right now dress codes only apply to students. I don't know how that makes sense. I guess they never figured they were going to have some male teacher wear Z cup bras mm -hmm. uh, or Z cup breasts in, uh, in sheer material. Um, but like I said, forget about the ministry of educate uh, education. Why don't, where's the ministry of labor? You talked about Busty <laughs> Lemieux in the shop class. He's breaking every rule in the book when it comes to shop safety. Long sleeves, hair not put up in a bun, jewelry, and those prosthetic breasts getting so close to a circular saw, uh, it's an accident waiting to happen. Tell me, is enforcing safety for an allegedly trans person, would that be deemed as transphobic? It's against whimis, I believe. <laughs> uh, I'd like to share an anecdote of my... Oldest brother, Dan, sharing a story of when he said, I don't know if I remember it accurately, but he said that the guy, their shop teacher in high school, we went to the same high school. I think he was there briefly, though. The shop teacher explaining how not to cut off your finger, cut off his finger during the presentation of how no not to way. cut off his finger. No way. The same, the guy, yeah. <laughs> this is who was his teacher. I don't know if he witnessed it or the teacher he had had previously cut off his finger so somewhere out there, there's a shop teacher who cut off his finger when t trying to teach people how not to cut off their finger. How did that happen? The the circular saw. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, I went to um, grade seven, not very far from our studio, actually. 
school on recently Dufferin. you got your grade seven you're saying? <laughs> yeah that's right a, <laughs> uh, a a school on uh, Dufferin um, which uh, used to be called CB Parsons it's something else now and what I always remember from shop class is the shop teacher uh, somebody went to wash their hands and when he pulled down the paper towel <laughs> it was uh, 16 and a half inches of paper and for the rest of the school year, that was posted on the board, the the length of the paper. The okay. kid never got to use it. And it was about the outrageous excess waste of mm -hmm. using that much paper towel to dry your hands. We had a shop teacher for a couple of years. I eventually had a shop teacher who was my baseball coach, which we really liked. But we had a shop teacher our first year, and uh, writer Dave was in my class, and we had... <laughs> A very angry shop teacher named Mr. Redmond. And <laughs> they always seemed to be angry. <laughs> he was very angry. Uh, we had to do a video because by this time, shop class had a component where it was like computers and animation and stuff, Ooh. as well as metalwork and wood shop as well. So I remember writing a script for a little video we had to say, and he said, or to do, and he his notes were, what is this, a comedy routine? Like, very <laughs> angry guy. I mean, I'm making a three-minute video for shop class, and it has to be serious, I guess. But the way that what tipped him over the edge and made him stop giving a shit every day was somebody <laughs> printed out a piece of paper that had the funny name of Hugh G. Rection on it. <laughs> And he <laughs> took it out of the printer and he said, who did this? And nobody fessed up to it. And that was kind of the end of him, his tyranny. Oh, wow. Um, Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but enough about shop classes. In any event, you might say, Producer Efron, <laughs> he has provided us with some breaking footage that you're not familiar with yet. No. Of Patrick Brown. Allegedly, I'll say allegedly, we don't, we can never verify things on 100% right away. But have you sent that to Olivia, Producer Efron? Can you send it to... Uh, David Menzies' phone so we can look at it as well here. Sure. Um, we've got breaking news of Brampton Mayor, yes, Patrick Brown, alleged uh, sexually explicit photos. Now, there's no nudity, Whoa. but they appear to be David Menzies, and I cannot confirm this. I'm not a photo expert, but pictures of selfies of Patrick Brown shirtless that he has sent to people, <laughs> one of them being... Him shirtless shaving his chest. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what? I got to tell you, in the litany of scandals, uh, given that we're talking about Patrick Brown, that's not very high up there. Uh, I mean, you know, you can, even as a female in Ontario, based on the Gwen Jacob decision of 1995, I recall I believe, that. Uh, you are free to walk around without it's a shirt It's not a on. crime, but he's a guy who takes himself pretty seriously, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. I mean, With his we, Wayne Gretzky hockey bag? Oh, the Wayne Gretzky hockey bag. The fact that his dating history, um, <laughs> he is typically was dating people before he got married. Um, girls that could be young enough to be his daughter. Um, you know, he, and that's not telling tales out of school. Um, <laughs> Did you send it to him, Efron? Oh, okay then. I'll uh, I'll wait for the photos to come in. But I I'm interested in the bigger uh, picture. You know, Andrew, like the allegations of uh, who did the renovations in his houses. That right. You know, he, he's got what a two hundred thousand dollar hockey rink in his backyard. Uh, yes, it's estimated to be two hundred thousand, and uh, there were allegations uh, that he did not pay a penny of that. Um, why is it that the PPE contract for the city of Brampton, why is it that allegedly the beneficiary of that is a numbered company, an Ottawa post office oh, nice. box, right? Olivia, can we bring that thing up, the story with the hockey rink? I just want to get that on there. And um, I, I mean, it, the list goes on and on. You know, I spoke to a counselor and he gave me a fantastic anecdote about how corrupt Brampton is under Patrick Brown. And Andrew, it was this. There was that episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns goes in for a medical checkup and the doctor comes back and he says, I don't, we can't believe it. 
you have every element, every <laughs> disease, every virus known to mankind. We don't even know where to, where to begin in terms of fixing you. And that's Brampton right now, mm -hmm. as our beloved colleague Sheila calls it. It's like Nicaragua. Right? <laughs> I mean, it's like it, it, it's corruption is uh, business as usual. So um, the... The fact that he's got these uh, selfies of him uh, chestless, just wondering, my question, Andrew, would be, um, when were the photos taken mm -hmm. and where, or I sh rather, who was receiving these photos? Um, I don't know. Is he on a dating app? I, I mean, hopefully uh, when you're a mayor, though, you would think you'd be a little bit more careful what you're doing. Well, um, yeah, but let's because... show the hockey rink thing first and okay. then we'll get to those photos. We'll have you look at that on your phone. Yeah. Just play the video a bit and uh, scroll to the hockey rink. It's OK. Yeah, just throw that up. Once he's in his backyard, <laughs> I love the chase <laughs> of the chase around the parking lot. It's almost like a Quinn Martin production, isn't it? You Who's know, Quinn Martin. Uh, well, there was a whole bunch of um, yeah. Show that stuff right there. It's fine. There's a whole bunch of detective shows uh, back in the '70s, and they tended to be uh, Quinn Martin productions. Like, look at the size of this guy's rink, and he's got a professional cooling system underneath. Correct, and uh, full illumination. And oh my god, I, I, like I it's sweet, but how can he afford this when you're a mayor? Like, how much is the mayor's salary? Do you know? Oh, well, that's the thing. I mean, 100 uh, grand, 200 grand, yeah. So, and the house itself, uh, we're talking uh, over a million plus that particular house, more than five hundred thousand dollars in renovations. And Jesus. it's speculated that the same people that put the rink up or funded the rink are the people that uh, fronted the uh, the renovations. And I'll tell you, I've seen the video uh, from the realtor. Um, that house and his previous house. Oh, my house, God. Oh, it's... How rich? How does this guy get this rich? Did he have a previous job before he was mayor? He's always been a politician, though, hasn't he? Yeah. And um, and it's like well... the Nancy Pelosi <clears throat> of Canada. Well, Nancy Pelosi of Canada, and I'm telling you, if you go inside the, those homes uh, he's been living in, uh, it would put Martha Stewart to shame. I mean, th they are palatial. Um, and uh, and those are the now, those individuals, those are the Capels. They run, Andrew, a um, an insurance uh, business and financial service business in Brampton. We've reached out to them. We even went to their office. They won't talk to us. But the speculation is that the Capels are behind the renovations and the hockey rink and the quid pro quo allegedly, and I've asked these questions of the Capels and of Patrick Brown, is that they're getting that PPE contract, namely mm -hmm. that $1 million uh, contract to a numbered company sent to an Ottawa post office box. I am telling you, Brampton is a swamp like no other in Canada. And it, it stuns me that Sneaky Patrick has avoided being handcuffed and put in a police cruiser. It is crazy. It's like the... Answer to not wanting to look corrupt for going to the closed down rink where children can't practice is I'm just going to build my own rink. <laughs> this oh. doesn't look bad at all. Like the he does. He just doesn't care. And let's throw up those photos now. You want to check them out on your phone because it's a little small on our screen. But put them up, Olivia, for the audience. Um, we've got Patrick Brown. I don't I'm no um, dating expert, but sending a picture <laughs> of yourself with shaving cream all over your chest. Not the sexiest look in my mind. Well, and the other thing too, uh, <laughs> this is where uh, I still haven't received them, uh, but but I, I can see the, f the photos on the screen. Okay. Here's the deal. Um, you are not obviously sending these photos to your hockey buddies <laughs> because A, they're not interested, assuming they're heterosexual men <laughs> and that assuming. Patrick Brown is heterosexual. B, they see your bare chest when you shower after a mm -hmm. hockey game. We know how sneaky Patrick loves to play hockey. So I'm guessing this is to female recipients. And again, what's do you know the timeline when these were taken? Producer Efron, is that a girl in the top left corner or is that just Patrick Brown looking girlish? The top first and second photo at the top or is that a girl? I think it's uh, Patrick Brown. 
I think it's just Patrick Brown. And I like to add, actually, uh, David, your email box. You know what? I've, I've been emptying it every day, so and I still get so – but you know what? It's a moot point. Don't worry about my email. I'll clear it out later. But um, what's your thought on these photos, Andrew? My thought is you are a mayor. You can tell women you're the mayor. You can show them your gigantic mansion, send pictures of your mansion, of your hockey rink, which is probably going to have change rooms and a sauna attached to it, if I'm not mistaken. Because um, I, I knew a, a girl growing up who was rich, and she had a pool and saunas in her backyard. Certainly, Patrick Brown can afford that. He should be using these things as opposed to mid-chest shave photos to attract women. And if this is to his girlfriend, then I guess shame on her for... Um, you know, sharing these after the fact, kind of breaking a, a trust ah. rule. But whoever this is that he's sending these to, <clears throat> Patrick Brown, just do better. Just do better, man. You've been in politics for a long time. You can't be this dumb. But I posit and have posited David Menzies that he is the dumbest politician in Canada. You know what? He makes many foolish mistakes. My source that has been informing us of all the shenanigans, and Andrew, I can tell you, my source is batting a thousand. He has <laughs> never been wrong. I can't say who it is, but the information always pans out. Um, it's just his alter ego. He's schizophrenic. Well, <laughs> and then he's just like, texting you on the side and then forgets about it. Well, my source, I'm not a psychiatrist, of course, but my source thinks that Patrick Brown is a sociopath. Um, that he is absorbed by with himself. He's a narcissist, kind of like Justin Trudeau. But one of the phrases he used is that, um, you know, he could put on a, a clinic for Paul Bernardo. You know, <laughs> oh I, and I'm not calling Patrick Brown a murderer, but I am just saying uh, this self-absorption, uh, absorption that he has, the, this narcissism. Um, it's all about him. But you're right. And my source says this too. He makes mistakes. He gets greedy. He gets sloppy. He burns people just for the sake of burning them. Mm -hmm. And that's why you get these that's leaks. That's why people are probably doing it to him. You're right. Yeah. And I have no idea who your source is. I don't think you've ever told anyone. I have um, <clears throat> But it must hurt Patrick Brown so much. Like, not even hurt him emotionally. It must anger him to know that somebody in his inner circle somewhere is just giving up the goods all the time. I well, mean, maybe I he kind of deserves it. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and more. He deserves a jail cell, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there and, and remember, this is the guy that was able to, he found out one of the counselors would be out of town, re, uh, had a, a meeting convened. Within a couple of hours, uh, he knew he'd have a majority, and it was to cancel all the future council meetings until after the election, because guess what, Andrew? There was forensic accounting um, motions coming up. Uh, Brampton University is an absolute scandal. I didn't even know there was such a thing. Well, Brampton there isn't, University. and that, that's the point. There is no such thing, but there's you know, a bunch of consultants that have been paid hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in terms of this uh, university uh, being concocted. And uh, he didn't want any of that to get in the press, so he postponed all the council meetings. This is Banana Republic stuff, Andrew, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, this should not be a thing. I have no idea, and maybe it's going to happen uh, after the election, but all the municipalities in Ontario are creations of the province. The province rules over them. And I have no idea why the minister who was in charge of municipalities in Ontario hasn't stepped in and said, enough is enough. This guy... Patrick Brown, he's like Pigpen from the Peanuts cartoons. You know, there's this cloud of dirt always following him, right? Wherever he goes. That's Patrick Brown. Speaking of cloud of dirt, do you smell the eggs from Rebel News' Isaac wafting in here? I do not. How do you feel about him? I think he watches the show. He messaged me about it last week. How do you feel about him literally eating eggs every single day? Uh, you know what? Anything to support the farmers, given the war on the farmers, <laughs> I support that. <laughs> What's that, Olivia? Yeah. It's just weird to eat the same meal for lunch every single day, is it not? You eat eggs every day? You need to start cooking them in the office, too, though. I think it's weird. I wouldn't be able to eat the same thing every day. Maybe pizza, maybe a sub, th things that have inherent <laughs> variety. But we're frying the same eggs every single day. 
I just need more variety in my life, David Menzies. <laughs> I was going to ask producer Efron, is Patrick Brown the most interesting person you've had to go out and cover, or is there some other politician or character <clears throat> that comes to mind first? When I, If you get asked the question, Efron, who's the craziest individual you've had to cover? Is What comes to mind immediately? I would say Patrick Brown. And I would say that because as a viewer, watching Davis reports with Lincoln and Mocha out there, and just being part of the editing process to see what's really going on and uh, just to see that it really was up to David Menzies to expose him. And no one else would, no one else was there. No one else would actually be waiting outside a hockey rink and risk getting, and formerly he was banned from all Brampton property from what I understand, municipal pop property, strictly for recording him uh, just outside a hockey rink. And uh, who would also put that that on the line? You know, I, I don't believe so. And uh, seeing Patrick Brown happen, you know, do this right now with, with these leaks, it really shows his character. And, and you really know, there's two things. Really going on. One, I'll answer in terms of crazy, weirdo characters. Yeah, Patrick Brown, I think it's a two-way tie. Patrick Brown and Jonathan Jessica Yaniv Simpson, mm. right? Because uh, there's something else uh, behind the scenes there uh, that's a little on the cuckoo side. So those are my uh, top two, I would say, uh, Andrew. But, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Um, Patrick Brown, I think gets a real easy ride from the majority of the mainstream media. And I couldn't quite figure it out, but my source, my brilliant source, he nailed it. And it's this, um, Patrick Brown is going to serve as a useful idiot for them when it comes to the next federal election and the demonization of Pierre Polyev. Yeah, I was going to say, why mm -hmm. haven't they kicked him out of the party? And why is Doug Ford so easy on him? Like, Doug Ford recently just kissing Trudeau's ass, which he did through yeah. the pandemic. ...that they can't just be this party who just sits idly by and just hopes, you know, I don't know what euphemism to use, but hope the wind blows the stories away. Yeah. Hopes that they don't have to do anything or stand up for anything. Pierre Polyev might be the first guy to do it, but this Danielle Smith, is that her name, Efron? In Alberta, just acting so pathetic. Oh, I didn't mean to say anything bad about Ukraine. Oh, I didn't mean to say anything about the unvaccinated. I'm the strong Albertan prosperity to conservative Alberta. Oh, I'm sorry, Rachel Notley. You're one of the worst politicians in the country, but I'm sorry, Rachel Notley. I'll put out my letters of apology. The conservative party in Canada, like it's basically if everything was run by the spineless neocons of the Republican Party in the U.S. If you had a party where Mitt Romney and Dan Crenshaw and the like <laughs> were running the actual show and without criticism, that would be the Canadian Conservative Party. They should be kissing Pierre Polyev's, and I'm not even a Polyev guy necessarily. Mm. They should be kissing his feet, though, for making them look like they have a spine because as it stands, <clears throat> really nobody in power does, and that's why he put you know, Andrew Shear on his right hand because he's probably turned into an angrier, darker Shear due to his <laughs> criticisms and his losing. And then he's got um, Leslie Lewis, who will say some things. So he's like in the right direction, Pierre and his people yep. um, on the way there. I don't agree with Melissa Lanceman thing, but I understand he wants her for diversity reasons um, <laughs> for both race and uh, sexuality. That's not a knock. That's just the reality. Um but I think they're on the way there. But in terms of like letting Patrick Brown slide, letting Doug Ford slide, there's not like I support more infighting is what I'm saying. You know what, Andrew? I would challenge you there with challenge Patrick me, Brown David. and the Conservative Party of Canada because remember, they disqualified him, mm -hmm. right? Um, and there, I think there's now litigation between the two parties uh, over that disqualification. But, you know. Here's the thing. When it comes to the media angle of going soft on Patrick Brown, like I said earlier, um, when the election comes, they know Patrick Brown has a huge chip on his shoulder. First of all, he gets he gets thrown overboard in January 2018 as the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, that palace coup. It was so pathetic. I've never seen anything like it. He's just standing there. There's not even, uh, you know, his communications person by his side. He was completely abandoned, walked down the tradesman's entrance of the uh, of uh, Queen's Park and into a salt-covered minivan to scurry off into the night. It was exceptional. So he loses, and, and he was going to be the Premier of Ontario. Absolutely. I don't think he would have gotten the majority Ford got, but he was going to win. Secondly, who knows um, when it comes to, you know, the votes this guy tends to drum up. 
Uh, he's very good at playing the game. Um, we could have seen some kind of cosmic fluke where he becomes the leader of the Conservative Party. I think the, the federal Conservative Party realized this will be a disaster because I don't think there's a conservative bone in Patrick Brown's body. Uh, he is a true fake conservative. He shouldn't even be in that party. Exactly. So they got rid of him. So when election time comes, CBC and the Toronto Star, they're going to reach out to Patrick Brown and say, hey, what do you think about uh, Pierre Polyev saying this or that? Mm -hmm. or And who knows, maybe Patrick Brown's going to dredge up something because there is a grudge there. There will be a vendetta against this man. That's why um, they are not uh, going after him like we uh, have. And, and, and also... Rebel derangement syndrome, Andrew. If we break a story, instead of the media snowball happening because it was rebel news that broke a story, eh, let's ignore it, pretend it never happened. Well, the viewers just saw the video <laughs> of me talking to the city councilor saying he doesn't believe in right-wing media, which is astounding. <laughs> Thank you for that video, Councilor Brian Nicholson. You're really fighting the good fight as you battle against, you know, poverty activists and homeless people with your noise box. He's just really just... He's just earning that 90K or whatever it is out in Oshawa. When I, and I, like I said in the video, when I was growing up, I wished I could be a Oshawa city councillor who battles homeless people and uh, <laughs> poverty activists. You know, uh, Andrew, I, I don't understand his statement. I don't believe in rebel news. He had fr fear in his voice because he probably knew he was talking to a person who'd be <laughs> recording him. And but but he, I... No, but my problem... He might have been asleep. He sounded like he woke up, too. No, but Andrew, here's the thing. Um, I, I fully believe that he doesn't like us, um, that his politics go against our politics, perhaps, however you want to frame it. But when he says, I don't believe, that's like him saying, you know what? I don't believe in gravity. <laughs> and I'm going to walk off the roof of my uh, townhouse and just float to the ground. And of course, what would happen is he would break every bone in his body when he falls violently. So the fact that you don't believe in rebel news, the fact that you don't believe in gravity, uh, we still exist. We are a thing. I think I sent you that ad from the 70s, yes. uh, the peanut butter ad. Yes. Do you believe in peanut butter? Clap your head. I wonder if this Nicholson believes in peanut butter. I think he was just uh, <laughs> nervous and he said something that didn't really make sense and he wanted to get off the phone. He's probably just not a bright guy, not used to answering actual questions. And the PR people at uh, Oshawa City Hall, by the way, they were only flying a Ukrainian flag there. There is three flagpoles, Ukrainian flag in the middle, no Ontario, no Canadian flag. What? And then they say the PR persons in the office won't come down as if they have so much stuff to do answering questions all the time. It's just pathetic. And, uh, you know, I'm not a guy who's going to go up to a person and try to do a gotcha. My yeah. literal intention in there was being like, so what's the story behind this? What's your belief system um, for this noise emitter? Why do you think it's there? Do you think it's working? That's all. It, and I do things with a air of comedy to it. Sure. And I wasn't, it's not like I'm here to get you and I'm going to catch you doing wrongdoing and I'm going to trap you. But they're so like afraid of, they don't know me. They don't ever watch my stuff, but they're so afraid of the <clears throat> idea of people they disagree with speaking to them that they want to look like cool and be like, I said that I don't believe in rebel news. So the communists will think I'm cool. No platform for fascists. It, you know what? You've touched on a couple of things. First of all, um, the oh, there's only a Ukrainian flag flying yes. at Oshawa. You know that that breaches actual flag protocol. I say that you go down to Oshawa. That Oshawa needs David Menzies. Well, why wouldn't they have a Canadian? I don't know. They have three flagpoles, three, right? Two, yes, two empty flagpoles next to the surrounding the Canadian. That's a flag. hell of a story. Why? Get down there. You know, are are we living in Kiev right now? Or I mean, like you know, the, Donbass the, maybe. Oh, unbelievable! Secondly, <clears throat> there's a trend I've noticed. I've been in this uh, journalism racket for 35 years, Andrew, and I can tell you that it used to be you would call <laughs> <Racket>. up, but <laughs> you would call up a communications person, and they would answer the phone or get back to you. I've noticed this new trend where it's communications people, and I'm talking about in government, I'm talking about in corporations, that. If they think you're going to ask prickly questions, they're simply not going to get back to you. All the person had to do was walk down a staircase and they couldn't do oh, it. Oh, no, no, no. No, that, that, <laughs> that is increasingly becoming par for the course, Andrew. And 
I think the assumption is, well, if I don't talk, that kills the story. No. What we do is we say we reached out to uh, Jim or Jane at uh, XYZ Corporation and uh, they never got back to us, which looks immeasurably worse. You know, it's I think it looks even worse than if they were to lie through their then teeth. they don't have a chance to defend themselves. Exactly. I want to ask you still about your hat. I know I make fun of you. You know it's out of love. <laughs> but you said there is an origin story. You tried to start telling me. I said, wait till the cameras are rolling, David Menzies. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like, but like you know, we look at superhero comics. Peter Parker, he got bitten by a radioactive spider. That's his origin story. By the way, that's why I love the comic book world, Andrew. You know, if that was in the real world, if I got bitten by a radioactive spider, you think I'm- happening. Okay. Does that mean the, the microwave's done? I believe so. Okay. The eggs are but done. If, if, what's that? The camera? Oh, oh, geez. You know, yeah. in this very studio, I put out a fire right above producer Efron's head. That's why <laughs> there's a tile missing. I personally put out, extinguished a fire here. Were you here for that day? Uh, I think I was down and out thanks to uh, Justin Trudeau's uh, oh, right, security beat thugs up. beating me up. But, um, you know, the thing is, in the real world, uh, as opposed to the comic book world, if I get bitten by a radioactive spider, I think I'm going to get cancer and die a horrible, painful death. Are you death. saying you were bitten by a giant hat? No, um, but I, I was just contrary. But, I, you know, in much Bruce Banner, he gets exposed to gamma rays, becomes the Hulk, yada, yada, yada. The origin of the hat, Andrew, is that in the summer of 2020, when the Yahoo Nation protests were happening at Toronto's Queen's Park, I was on this traffic angle getting a, a long shot. And uh, I'm not sure if, if we filmed this or not, but there was a female reporter from the CBC. And I looked in her direction and suddenly she started running backwards in high heels. And I got concerned for her safety because she was getting right to the edge of the traffic uh, circle. And if you look at Queen's Park Crescent, some people drive around that like uh, they're in a NASCAR race. And I didn't want her to, you know, go into traffic. And, and I said to her, I, I said, what's wrong? And she said, your hair. Now, remember the context. In 2020, barbershops had been shut down, right? So it, my hair was pretty unkempt. It wasn't as beautiful as Thank your hair you. right now. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, it scares me. And, and I'm thinking, what am I, the Frankenstein monster here, right? And she made me so self-conscious that I went to a shop, bought a hat to cover my unkempt hair so that I don't frighten any more CBC <laughs> reporters. I guess there's no chance of her going to the Afghanistan Bureau covering a war or anything like that. But there's your tax dollars hard at work, mm -hmm. Andrew. You inspired, I think, uh, <laughs> producer Mocha to wear hats of similar type as well, I believe. You know what? You look back at the 50s, because I think in the 60s, <laughs> there, there were, and of course, I wasn't born in the 50s, but, mm -hmm. but you know, I think in the 60s, you saw the, the drop off of hats happening. But back in the 50s, um, it was very um, exceptional for a guy to go out without a hat, right? And, you know, th th there is a, a degree of class to it, of style. So, you know, fashion recycles itself. It so maybe... How about bring back the hats and um, enough with the ball caps already? I think it's a 30-year cycle, personally, maybe 20. You <laughs> see the bell-bottom circle around. You see tie-dye right. circle around. You see so many things circle around. Uh, crop tops, mid-drifts are back. Yeah, it is a 20-year cycle, I understand. And you're right. And I've got a perfect example. In the early 90s, to my horror, bell-bottoms were coming back. And that goes back to the early 70s. And exactly. I never thought that would happen. I don't think there's any hope for two things when it comes to male fashion. The powder blue tuxedo <laughs> and um, the polyester leisure suit. I oh, I, yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to come back, but uh, who knows? I mean, they came back in a form of like, <clears throat> producer Efron will know this, of like track suits in the early to mid 2000s, the Sean Johns and such. Where yes. It, it looks like you took a 
velvet rope from the bank and then created <laughs> George Costanza, for example, wanted to be wrapped in all velvet. And this is a great way to end the show now. I think David oh, Mendes okay. on velvet suits. <laughs> you watch the uncut video. You're watching and have now watched the uncut interview. Rebelnewsplus.com is where you get the, it in full. We forgot to do the part where we cut off the premium version, so maybe we're going to have to oh. backtrack and do that. But uh, I'll leave that up to the powers that be. Producer Afron, anything left to say? David Menzies' capers and everything. How does it make you feel? What do you want to end on here? Let's just send him Patrick Brown. You know, he's going to be keep running, and I think we, we have to keep reporting on what's going on because viewers trust us uh, for sneaky Patrick Brown uh, coverage. And with all this coming out, like, who knows what's next? If this is really leaking from his inside circle, like, what's going to happen with the next race? You know, he's going to be uh, the Amir race is what next Monday. So viewers will actually find out the answer by the time they watch this. And you know something? The day after, My fondest memory of a caper with Efren, it was a week-long assignment in uh, Mexico to cover the uh, caravan. Remember, uh, you know, uh, a million people were on the march to the U.S. border saying, uh, we're here and we're coming in. And because we had a strong president back then, Donald Trump, uh, no, you're not. And... When Efren says the viewers trust us, um, I really do believe that to be true, Andrew. And that that migrant caravan, boy, did that expose one of the biggest media lies ever uttered in the year of 2018, which was half the uh, participants were children. That is categorically false. Maybe, maybe 1%. You, you could barely see a child anywhere. And we were embedded in that caravan for several days. What is the CBC's definition of a child? A 35-year-old able-bodied male? <laughs> uh, because that seemed to be the prime demographic of these uh, caravan people. How can you, Andrew, seriously, how can you get that so wrong that a demographic that was less than 1% of this caravan got elevated to 50%. Anytime you have people migrating on mass, the leftist media will tell you how many children there are in it. <laughs> Anything to do with the border, whether it's the Mexican border, the Palestinian-Israel border, um, the border of like Romania with a- African migrants or coming up through to the English Channel, it's always, please help the poor people and their children or else you're a monster. Yep. But you heard it here first, folks. David Menzies smuggled producer Efron, disguising him <laughs> in tattered rags as a South American um, expatriate and got him across the border su- successfully, it sounds like, through a tunnel. Yeah, and uh, at no point did Efron appropriate the haberdashery of the Frito Bandido. That is completely incor- politically incorrect. Right Rumor now. has it David Menzies dressed up as the uh, Mexican mouse from Looney Tunes. <laughs> <laughs> Speedy Gonzalez, I believe, is his name. That, I I don't think they run those cartoons anymore either. Pepe Le Pew disparaged my people. So as soon as you say I'm being offensive, (laughs) look at Pepe (laughs) Le Pew. They pictured him as a pervert, as a sexual fiend. And smelly, I guess. Well, yeah, skunks by definition are smelly. And, uh, Poor Pepe. You know, but uh, but he paint, paint fell on the cat and he thought it was a skunk. Now, I have a question for you before we leave. Okay. Um, you have a habit of wearing uh, polo shirts <laughs> yes. with a little logo on it. And I informed you of this. There was a study that came out that indicated those who wear polo shirts with a collar and a logo, they have a higher propensity to be unfaithful. So and, and I'm just wondering, I'm putting you on the hot seat right now, Andrew says, uh, is that the case with you? Because I've met your significant other. She's a lovely lady. It would break my heart to think you're doing some kind of Patrick Brown shenanigans. It's false. This is one of, <laughs> one of your many, many stories that you like to repeat. Um, I've never cheated on anyone. I do not believe in it. I believe that if you want to cheat on somebody, just break up with them. And uh, that's what I'm going to do to you. I'm, bra- <laughs> I'm breaking up with you, David Manzies. Oh, I'm no. going to cheat on you with a different Jurassic Park character. Oh, goodness Th- gracious. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Don't forget to listen to the podcast version if you can't uh, get to the video on rebelnewsplus.com. Don't forget to support our videos and watch Rebel Roundup when? Rebel Roundup every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And um, 
Yeah. And also, don't forget, put in a plug. I mean, the biggest rumor at Rebel News is that you're moonlighting at Yacht Rock Radio as its announcer, Channel 311 on your Sirius XM dial. Tell you, you be the judge, folks. Tune into Yacht Rock Radio if you have a satellite radio and tell me, is that indeed high energy Andrew Chapados? Thank you to producer Efron. Lincoln will be back when he returns from South America. No laughing. This is a serious show. See you guys next week. <laughs> Thank you, David. Thank you, Andrew.